Hello fellow sports photographers. My name is All Sports Snapper, ordained to my family and friends, and I'm a sports photographer working full-time for Getty Images. Welcome to what I hope will be one of many discussions on mainly sports photography on my show I call the Photography Philosophy Podcast. My guess is that this will be one of many podcasts you listen to, so you know the drill. Get in contact with me via Twitter at AllSportsNapper or my website AllSportsNapper.com with any questions or suggestions. This show is for sports photographers of any level, so the more feedback I get, the more I can make it suited to what you want. In this sixth episode, I speak to Arsenal Football Club photographer Stuart McFarlane. Now this is a sports photography podcast, so I'll rightly assume that you know that this English Premier League team, nicknamed the Gunners, are one of the biggest sports clubs in the world. A photographer with unlimited access in and around the club and a career photo sports library that snappers from every corner of the globe would love to have. We speak about how he started in the business, learning and being guided by the late but great former all-sport photographer Mike King, winning the Time Magazine Sports Photography Competition, shooting on match day at the Emirates Stadium, setting up remotes in the stadium roof just to get a sponsor's board, players' attitudes, past and present, to dealing with photographers, living your life and planning your holidays by football seasons instead of years, and I must admit, I get a bit fanboy with questions about one of my favourite football players of all time, Arsenal and France legend Thierry Henry. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome to the show. It's uh, great to have you uh, on here. My uh, first club photographer, club sports photographer at one of the biggest clubs in the world. So um, let's uh, start with your name and uh, where you're from and what you're doing exactly. Uh, my name's Stuart McFarlane. I'm the chief photographer at Arsenal Football Club in London. Uh, we cover everything at the football club from the under nines right up to the first team, uh, all stuff around the football club, all our community work, all our construction on our new stadium, basically everything about Arsenal that uh, the two of us, myself and David Price, cover. And uh, David Price is uh, your, uh, he's uh, another photographer, so there's two, just two photographers that are yeah, working there's, there's to get two, it? There's two, oh, yeah, there's, yeah there's, there's two of us. He, I still think of him as a junior because he's got a bit of a baby face, but he's been he's been here for ten years as well now. So he's uh, yeah, he's he's knocking on a bit like me, I suppose. <laughs> and um, how long have you been at Arsenal for? How long have you been the photographer there for? I've been I've been staff since January two thousand two thousand and one, but beforehand I did I was working for an agency called Color Sport and. They were the staff. They were the sort of contracted photographers to Arsenal from 1990 onwards. So I was. That was one of my contracts. So I've been in and around the club. Well, basically all my life, but in and around the club as for since 1990, but staff since 2001. All right. And so, and before we go um, back in time, I'll just ask: Have you been a uh, an Arsenal fan from day one? Is this a, yeah. is this a legal question, or is this a, yeah. you went to, you weren't following those white guys from the north of London? No, no, no. 
my dad used my dad used to take me to Chelsea when I was a kid. Uh, but then my my next door neighbour, my next door neighbour, but one who was the best the best footballer in the street was a massive Arsenal fan, and you know I used to walk around, follow him around the street, and try and be like him and be as good as a footballer and do everything that he wanted to do. So it was natural for me to be to be an Arsenal fan. Okay, so yeah, that was a that was a natural uh, progression then. Because yeah. I have I have heard of team photographers that were following the opposition before they uh before yeah they I know. I know one of them. I know one of them. He works in London as well. Okay, we'll keep that. We'll keep that quiet for now, though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's uh, let's go back uh, back in time now. What was your uh, first f- photography memory? How you know? What, how did it all start? I, 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 my parents bought me a camera for my for my. I don't know. It must have been thirteenth birthday, and uh, I didn't really know what I was doing with it. And we had a we had a we had a Spanish guy student staying with us at my parents' house, sort of sort of over the summer, and and he sort of taught me how to put film in the camera and take a take a picture. So that was my first sort of memory of of taking pictures. But I, I never thought I'd sort of get on uh, have it as a profession, not at all. And uh, and so, what was do you remember what the camera was? Just by chance, I'm asking everybody this question. <laughs> It was a, I think it was a Nikon F, I think it was an FM2, I think. Okay. Or an F, or FE2, a little, uh, but completely manual, Love, lovely camera, but God knows where it is now, probably in my, in my dad's loft somewhere. Jeez, that's, it's quite an advanced camera though, it sounds like, for a, for a 13-year-old, they're sort of at high <laughs> yeah. hopes for you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, I just think, I, I just think. They thought I was so stupid at school that they try and do they, they do anything just to, to to get me interested in anything but football. Because my 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 mother always said to me, "Stop playing football. You'll never get a career in football. Do you know? Do you know? Apply yourself a bit better at school, which, which I obviously didn't." <laughs> you uh, so can I the photography wise it was always sport that you were interested once you started taking more and more pictures was it always sport then was that always the no not, no not really no it was never sport never I never photographed sport but then I went to uh, I studied photography at school and did a sort of reportage so I spent a lot of time in London just wandering around you know taking pictures of people which I, which I really liked I, I didn't even think that there was anything as a anything like a career as a you know, as a sports photographer, it, you know, it didn't, it didn't, you know, it was just no idea that, the, that obviously I saw pictures in the paper, but I never thought that I'd ever, you know, get into that situation. Yeah, I think that's, that seems to be a bit of a common theme, actually, I'm finding with a lot of photographers, it seems, but, uh, you know, you know that it's there, you know that you see pictures of it, but you never really think that you can make a career of it ever. No, no. And um, so then, how? So you you know you're walking around, you're doing, you're taking photos around London, um, and then how how does it how did that progress from um, from you know from amateur shots to getting paid? Well, I went to uh, oh, I think my girlfriend at the time had was working like as a as a on a Saturday in a shop in in the local area, and they had they used to have a few appearance like book signings and stuff like that. And she got me a couple of, just a couple of jobs to go and photograph people sign, signing books and stuff like that. So that was my first, that's the first thing I probably ever got paid for. But 
that was that was when I was I think seventeen. But I, even then, I didn't think that I'd be able to get you know, be able to get a job in it. It's only it's only when I went to and I went to art college that I thought actually, you know, I might actually be quite good at this, or actually I can't do anything else, so I better progress with this. And this was all on film, though. We're all talking. Uh... Yeah, all film. Yeah, all film. And 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 really, I did in the UK. You you just the. the educational system you, you do your o levels which are sort of 16 and then you do your a levels when you're 18 so you left school at 18 and and uh went to art college and studied fine art you know painting and then after a month realized that there's no, no i was never going to get a career as a as a, you know as a next rembrandt or whatever <laughs> so then so then switched to graphic design did graphic design Worked as a graphic designer for a year and got absolutely bored, senseless with it, and then and then just and then went back to art, went back to art college and studied photography for two years. Okay, and then uh, and straight out of college, and you've you finished uh, your degree, you've passed the, with flying colours, I'm guessing, and then uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then uh, you've started taking pictures for somebody. No, I got I got I was really lucky. My, one of my lecturers on my course used to. Uh, Saw a job as a because by that time I re, I thought I wouldn't be a photographer, and I really liked working in the darkroom. And he saw an advert in the magazine for a black and white printer for a sports agency in London called Color Sport, and he said to me, "You know, why don't why don't you apply for it? You know, you're a good printer." Uh, so I did, and I got an interview. Uh, I went into Color Sport, did a few prints for them. They tested me on. They showed me about fifty black and white prints of sportsmen from you know rugby players footballers jockeys and tennis players you know as a test to see if I who I knew you know and then about a month later I got a phone call and they said we'd like to offer you a job as a as a printer and I, I you know and then, and then I thought wow this is great I'm going to be printing amazing sports pictures as a career jeez okay so that's uh did how can you remember how many you actually ID'd out of the 50 did you get think, most of them right I think I got I because I used to watch, there's a there's a program called Christian of Sport in the UK, and I religiously used to w- watch it as a kid all the way growing up. I don't watch it now, can't can't be bothered. <laughs> so I was apart from I think one or two jockeys. I think I got every I got everyone right: rugby players, footballers, tennis you know tennis players. I, I, I was, it was pretty good, and I've never really been interested in the horse racing. I could name Red Rum, I think, and that's about it. And then AP McCoy, but. Yeah, I did. I did really well, but uh, I'd like to think it was my quality of my printing got me the job, not my, not my knowledge of sport. <laughs> okay, so you, you and then from color sport, you're working in the darkroom. How long were you working in the darkroom for before you thought, you know what, I can actually take some pictures here? Well, within within about a month, the, one of the bosses came down, and I think completely unexpected. He said, "Oh, we need to get you out and taking some pictures," and I was still, you know, I was taking a few pictures. But I wasn't really. Yeah, I wasn't really doing doing a lot because I just thought, well, I'm just going to print, you know. And uh, the boss came down and said, "We'll sort you out some camera gear, and you can go out on a, you know, on a Saturday and shoot a couple of, you know, shoot a few games for us." And I thought, oh, that's fantastic. Uh, and and that's sort of where it started. And I, I still worked in the darkroom. I still worked in the darkroom up until when I left. No, actually, no, I didn't. I probably about because I was there for twelve years, so I probably went to the darkroom for six or seven years. And but I was 
you know, but I was one of their senior photographers, but no one else could print, so I ended up doing all the printing. <laughs> now, the, the the printing thing, let's, I, I just want to dig into that because it's sort of a little bit before my time. Like the, the printing side of it, you... The photographers would take their pictures. Um, they would bring the photos back to you on the on the weekend or on the Monday, yeah. or how how would that work? We color. We weren't initially. There wasn't a great rush for pictures in the newspapers, so that all the photographers. I think we had the, there was four or five of us come in on Monday morning. I'd be in the dark room. They'd come and bring their films down, and I'd hand develop everyone's films. <laughs> it was a horrible job. So hand develop. <laughs> Loading the film on metal spirals, which is really yeah. the worst ever. Hand develop everything, dry it, uh, dry everything, put them in through contact sheets, go to the photographers, get them to mark their mark their stuff up, mark their pictures up with a china graph, just put a square around what they wanted printing. And then they bring the stuff back down to me to the darkroom and I'd spend the day printing, doing a print run for newspapers magazines and you know stuff and then at the end of the day that would get put in the post that was my job to do that sort of syndication run so it was quite i couldn't do it it's quite a demanding job you're spending the whole day in the dark but uh it, you know it was enjoyable it got it taught me a lot about photography and i've seen you know great photographers pictures you know how how to frame stuff up uh, so it, it was a really good, it's really good education for me. What were the? Can you remember, obviously you must remember some of the name of the photographers that you um, that you were working for? What were the guys that inspired you back then? Well, a guy called Andy Cowie, who's still working at Color Sport, was, okay. was 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 probably the best photographer there at the time. And uh, Colin Elsie was the main rugby guy, who sadly died a few years ago. So they were the, they were the main two. They were the best photographers there. But at that time, it's, it was a really sociable uh, profession. So you spent a lot of time with other photographers. You know, uh, Mark Leach, who's got an agency called Offside, was was working on the same street as us. So I spent a lot of time with him, looking through his stuff. And he's he's a great photographer and always has been. And then because uh, it was such a sociable profession, you get you. Know, you I don't know if you know. Did you, did you ever meet Mike King? Uh, Mike King, yes, I did actually. I, he, um, Mike King, is a, a photographer from the old all sport days as well, and he recently yeah. passed away as well. So that was a big loss to the uh, yeah and, to the industry. And, and, sure. and he and he for me when I was re- when I was really struggling because look, look, I loved my time at Color Sport, but as I said, they, they they're not the sort of people who would say that's a great shot. This is how you should do it. It's you know it was the encouragement wasn't there because the guys are so busy. So when I was really struggling, Mike sat down with me, went through my pictures and gave me a few tips and, you know, and pushed me really. Cause I, there was a, you know, there was a time where I was thinking, I, I don't know if I can do this, you know, whether, you know, whether I can be a photographer or not. So he, he was great for me and, and always, and always was, you know, he'd always look at my stuff, even, you know, even because he, he came and did, he worked as a freelancer for Arsenal for, for 10 years with, for me. So it was great to have his sort of, have his input into, you know, into mine and David's work. So he, he was, I'd say he was probably the biggest, my, my biggest sort of inspiration really. Yeah, I, I know I met Mike and we spent quite a lot of time at the, um, at the London Olympics because we just by chance uh, working at a lot of the same jobs together. So um, yeah. Yeah, I had a lot of time for Mike, and uh, yeah, definitely he's um, he's he'll be missed for sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely. 
All right. So now, um, just going back to the darkroom thing, you, um, you, so you pretty much you you do your developing, and then um, you'd send all the and all the photos would be sent to um, all the newspapers on Fleet Street. And that, is that right? That, that yeah, the newspapers and then the football magazines and because we Colour Sport were quite a big rugby agency, so there was two or three rugby magazines around, but there there wasn't an immediate. The, the the live pictures were done by the staff photographers then for the papers. So our guys were shooting the action and more or less stock photography. And it was all manually focused on either on black and white or, or transparency. So uh, uh, there was never any real rush. It was just to get the prints into the into the libraries of the papers and the, and the magazines. Unlike today. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> It's absolutely, the industry is just, it's, it's like a different job now. It's just, it's crazy. I got told off for uh, my pictures being 10 minutes uh, later than the guy next to me the other day. So. <laughs> oh God, I get told I get told off every day if that was the case. <laughs> um, okay, so now you, you're at Colorsport and then you said that uh, you were doing freelance for, um, or they were tied with Arsenal. And then how did the how did the job at Arsenal uh, pop up? Well, they, we we had a Colorsport had a contract with them from 1990 to cover to cover games, home games, and then it was a few away games, and uh, and then it seemed to be me who was covering a lot of the games and doing a lot of the internal stuff for them. And in a in 2000, uh, the club were I don't know if this is the reason, but I've always thought it was the club were looking to uh, for a new about looking to build a new stadium in the area and they had a bit of a shake-up at the club and and a bit of a restructure and the head of comms was looking for a photographer that could come in and and help you know photograph for construction and you know be involved with the building of a new stadium you know just to record it and and she was I got on really well with her and, and she asked me if I'd like to come in and interview for the job which I you know I jumped at straight away because I could sort of see that the Sports photography in the, it, it, I didn't think I could progress where I was, and I travelled so much that I was I was quite pleased that I'd just be doing European travel and you know and have a bit have a bit more job security in a way really. Okay, so the so then the the job pops up and uh, an Arsenal fan jumps at the opportunity and was it. The only photographer at the time, or how long before they realised that uh, you'd have to get David in, or have another another body in there to help out? I think I think it's about two or three years. I think I think it's about two or three years. But then once you clubs, the clubs don't realise once you go in, and and they sort of they they look at what you produce and think, oh, actually, this is because I know there are a few people there were sceptical about employing a full time photographer. But uh, even even at, at the early days, I was making money for them just through se- uh, selling headshots in the shop and stuff like that. You know, even that, and and you know, now with our type with Getty, we we basically pay. We don't cut, we don't cost the club a penny for you know for our uh, you know obviously they pay us reasonably well, but we we make more than they cost than we cost the football club. Well, uh, I'll, let's jump ahead there. So now you, you're um, you're distributing all your pictures yourselves. You're you're providing all the imagery for all the uh, match programs, for all the promotional yeah. work that Arsenal do. And then, and then how? And then, 
the, there's a link between us. Getty Images come in. Yeah. Uh, when when did that happen, and uh, and how's that changed your uh, your your work? It, it's about I think it's about about five years ago. Getty got in contact with me and asked me if I would like to syndicate the images, and and I was a bit skeptical at the time because I, I thought that it was nice that our publications had exclusive images that wouldn't get seen anywhere else. But then. But then the more <laughs> the more I thought about it, and I thought, well, you know, I work, I work for a business now. Arsenal is now a business. But when I started, it was a, you know, it, obviously it was a business, but nothing like it is now. And I thought, and I thought, well, if I can bring some money in, bring some money into the football club, uh, you know, why why not give it a go? So I met with I met with Getty. Really impressed with them. We met with a couple of other people as well who wanted to syndicate our stuff. But I was really impressed with Getty and. You know, blown away by the sort of presentation they they, they showed us, and uh, and how <laughs> I don't know if they've been truthful telling me how brilliant I was. Obviously not <laughs> truthful, but uh, and then it took a bit of time to get the contract sorted, and 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 we're still here now. I think the contract's up for renewal shortly, but you know, the club Arsenal are very pleased with the relationship we have. Yeah, just um, for our listeners, so pretty much um, Getty. Um, always have an editorial um, and, uh, photographer that, that, at the match. So if it's you know Arsenal versus somebody at home, Getty will send a photographer, will um, or sometimes two photographers, and then um, usually you will sit. Um, Stuart, you sit in different positions. You have different access as well. So um, then yeah. you might provide something, you know, maybe in the in the change rooms or, or something like that, and then you'll distribute your photos on the Arsenal website, of course, and then. You'll put a put a, a selection of images on the Getty website. That, that's yeah. that's that's right, isn't it? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Well. Um. So now you know you've you've talked about um what you cover at the at the club. So, I mean, you must be on a daily basis. I mean, I know every day is different, uh, especially for a sports photographer. But what sort of like a, an average day for a for an Arsenal photographer? Uh. uh well, it, it is very if it's my days I have at the training ground, I'll just drive up there in the morning, cover cover a training session, and send pictures out from there. Uh, if I'm in the office, uh, we've got nearly 500 staff at the club now, and all all different departments. So, if I have a day in the office, it can be spent in meetings with uh, our partners. So yesterday, I had we've got photo shoots coming up for Emirates and for our super provider for the first team. So meeting up, we do a lot of uh, picture research for our magazines and our programs. You know, as there's only as there's two of us, we 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 jump across everything rather than uh, you know rather than just be a photographer and a photographer only. You know, even stuff like if there's any if there's any sort of damage in the stadium that's that's uh, you know say a, a lorry reverses into a pillar in the stadium, they'll ask us to go over. And, photograph the pillar for insurance purposes just stuff yeah it's so it's so vast you know it's not it's not all glamorous but the, the day-to-day office days i'm generally in the office at between 8 and eight thirty, and we'll leave at between 5 30 and 6 and that's a mixture of picture requests meetings printing but the days out of the office are a bit shorter because they'll be at, at the training ground and so i'll get finished at the training ground about four o'clock 
Wow. Okay. So, and and you know, you you're covering all the, um, you know, like you said, the under nines. You're doing like headshots for all all these um, all the Arsenal teams as well. Yeah. Yeah. We do everything. We do it. We we try and cover all the other teams as the same as we cover the first team. So squad photos at the start of every season, individual pictures. Because uh, you just you just you just never know. I've got pictures of Jack Wilshire, who's one of our first team players, as a as an under eight. You know, so as a number nine, you know, and and I'm and Jack's Jack's. Uh, I do I know Jack really well now, and uh, always occasionally tweet a picture of him as a as a nine year old, which which he he's not all that keen about, but his parents think <laughs> it's quite quite funny. Well, that's the thing. I was got, I was actually going to lead to that later. I mean, you you know you've been at the club for such a long time now that uh, you've you've must have seen not just Jack, you know, other players. You know, and other players that actually gone on to other clubs, you know, grow up as well. So that must be, uh, it makes you feel old, I'm sure. But it also uh, must be nice to see, you know, these young kids that have gone on to um, to do, you know, great things at, at at other clubs as well. Yeah, it's it it's. I still think of myself as quite young, even though I'm not. But I, as a kid watching football, I every footballer was older than me. And when I and when I joined Arsenal, football there was a couple of footballers who were still older than me, and and now I'm the same age as these footballers' parents, so it's uh, it's it, it does feel very strange, but you know, it, it's great to uh, it's I know footballers get a bit of a bad reputation, but when our when our players come back, they they are really genuinely pleased to, to see you, you know, and you tr- you're treated like an old friend. We get a lot of players who come, foreign players who who come back to visit, and that, and when and when when they were at the club, you meet them with a handshake, and when they come back, they just give you a massive hug because of their time they had at Arsenal. How, you know, what a, what a wonderful place it is. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. Who, I, I have to mention one of my favourite players of all time is Thierry Henry, and uh, right. I don't uh, I don't know if you can share. Is he is he as nice as I think he is? Yeah, he's. I've I've been very lucky with Thierry. Uh, known him since he since he joined, and then we kept in touch after he left Arsenal because uh, he went off to Barcelona. He sent me a Bar- signed Barcelona shirt over when he got over there, and he he phoned me occasionally. And then so we kept a, he kept in touch a little bit. And then a couple of years ago, we played over in we played a game in New in uh, New York, and Thierry was, was playing for Thierry was playing for the New York. Red yeah, the Red Bulls, there, yeah. And uh, so we spent a bit of time out there, and then he was phoning me every every couple of weeks. Then, so I'd be, you know, I'd be driving, I'd be driving to the training ground, and Thierry would be phoning me saying, "What's going on with the team? You know, we should have done this, we should have done that." And uh, and it, and and now he's doing his coaching badges at the training ground. So I see see Thierry sort of three or four days a week now. But he, he he's he's just a lovely guy, you know. He's so passionate about the football club, and. Uh, He's yeah he's a he's a funny guy as well you know great sense of humour and and I, you know I, I, he he is he is a friend of mine and I know a lot of people would say it but we spend a lot of time together uh, you know he's a, he's a proper he's a real Arsenal man real Arsenal man and you know I didn't want to make this about footballers and all about photography but I, I will say that when I when I started editing um, I used to sit at Highbury and um, in Highbury yeah the um, photographers used to have these pits that were sort of used to stand in the pits. Yeah, to yeah. shoot, 
And I used to have my little stool and I used to sit down and edit in there. And like in the middle of winter, it was like sitting in an ice box. Oh, really? Oh, did you? Oh, I didn't know you were, I didn't know you'd gone, you were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there. I was um, standing, I was sitting at the at the feet of our uh, senior photographers while I was shooting that. And I remember the <laughs> editing room at, at the old Highbury as well was uh, the dungeon. Yeah, yeah it's dreadful because it? it used to leak as well, didn't it? it to... I know. And, we, and that the water that used to leak through used to be um, rumoured... Um, not to be clean water. As well. <laughs> yeah, uh, luckily enough, I didn't have to. Uh, I didn't have to work down, and my office was right above the first team changing room. Oh, so uh, we, had, we had to we had to walk past the dressing room to get to the office, which was fine when we won a game. But when we lost, we used to sort of speed up and run past the run past the open dressing room door if, if, if there was shouting going on in there. <laughs> All right, now back to um, photography. Um, actually, describe to me a match day. A match day for you as a photographer. Well, a home match days are diff- they're different. Home in a way. Obviously, at home we have a lot of other bits and pieces to do. So, we'll if for a three o'clock kickoff, I'll get in about eleven. Go through our requests for what we need to shoot on match days. Various stuff for partners, uh, presentations, mascots, stuff like that. All the you know, all the dull stuff that we have to do. You know, if, if we have, uh, say, Kuma, our kit sponsor, if they've got a new uh, ad board on the on our electric, on our screens, we'll set cameras up on the TV gantry, on TV gantry that we can fire remotely to shoot them during the game. Uh, occasionally, we might put cameras on the roof to do a general view of the stadium. So... So 11 till 12.30 is just preparation for the day and then the team will arrive about an hour and a half before the game kicks off. So we'll we'll shoot them entering the stadium, going into the dressing room and then stuff like team sheets uh, being signed off and and then more or less once the teams come out to warm up about 45 minutes before the game starts, we're pitch side. Various different partners will come down and have their pictures taken pitch side. You know, it's it's all it's not very glamorous, but it's you know they're the people who put the money into the football club, and it's a sort of contractual obligation by us. You know, they get their pictures taken on a match day with the team warm up in the background, and then once the game starts, it's you know as as every other photography shoot until you get something decent, and then you try and send it to the website and then into Getty, and then after game we have a few presentations, man of the match and stuff like that, and might have some. VIP guests coming into the dressing room. We had a, a US basketball player come down a couple of weeks ago. I don't know who he is. So he went in to meet all the players. So we'll cover that. And then after the game, our, all our images will go to Getty, go onto our website. And then we we generally send stuff to most of the players for their Twitter and their Instagram as well and their Facebook. So, it's a, long, so it's, a long, it's a pretty long day. Yeah, it's, it's the, I know... Um, you know, we we've done similar things for um, you know similar type briefs, and it sounds like it's more like a reportage. It's like a, you're sort of documenting yeah. the whole day, aren't you? The, yeah. Not... You're just sort of pleased for three o'clock to start when the game kicks off, because as you know, you've got 45 minutes where you don't have to think, you don't have to run around the stadium and get to this particular suite or this particular box or whatever. Okay, and and um, and David pretty much does exactly the same thing. Um, you know, he's just like a, he's just on the other side of the pitch, is he, or doing the uh, other? Uh, is he doing the 
Do you both do Arsenal attack as well? Yeah, and if you've got if you've got players we haven't seen for a few weeks, he might he might move down the pitch slightly, or if you've got a new signing. Uh, but we generally just split the pre-match stuff between us and and the post-match stuff. But we we during the games we, we, we you know we work independently, but then after the games we share our pitch, you know our pitches both go. I, I do the final edit on what goes on the on the website. Okay, um, and you, you touched on the remote. Now we've we, we you know we've mentioned remote cameras in previous interviews, and um, you know you said you put some in the roof. I mean that's for me is one of the highlights of. I, I love those kind of remotes, the ones in the roof and that kind of thing. Yeah. Can you just describe? Uh, you know, the, you said that you put some on just to get some ad boards as well. I mean, how many camera bodies are you bringing to a game? We five, I think. We normally use about five, but we don't always. The the roof is uh, the roof's really tricky to it, it's you can, it's it's easy enough getting to it but because of the shape of the roof it's really tricky to to put a fisheye up there and and put it out over the pitch without getting the floodlights in so it's quite a it's quite a tricky <laughs> it's quite a time consuming experience so I'll probably do it three or four times a season and we have a harness and this. And if you don't like heights, you wouldn't want to go up there. But they are lovely pictures to have. And for the for the ad boards, we just we just put a camera in the bolt it into the TV gantry, and you just you just shoot blind really because you can't really see what's coming up on the ad boards. You just when, when every time a, a ball's near a certain part of the ground, you just you just fire it off. End up with a, a thousand pictures. You might only keep four or five of them. Okay. I mean, yeah, I mean, that sounds uh, pretty standard for a remote camera. Yeah, yeah. Um, stuff. Um, okay, cool. It's, and how you obviously worked at the old Highbury, the old stadium. Has that, uh, how's that changed your work as well? I mean, that was a sm- much smaller ground, um, much smaller, uh, much uh, tighter access. Yeah. Um, uh, is that. It- it's like a, it's obviously a different stadium, but it's like a completely different football club. The the, the working areas at Emirates, cause I was I was involved with the uh, on the on one of the sort of working groups for the stadium on the on the media side. So involved with uh, working positions, you know, the sort of layout of the photographer's room, the press room, and stuff like that, and the, and flood lighting. Whereas with Highbury, you had to work with what you got. At Emirates, we, you know, we we had a blank canvas, so we could, it was right. What do you want? What's perfect? Where do you want your photographer's room? And I said, you know, it has to be has to be pitch, has to be as close to the pitch as possible, as easy access as possible. So the club were absolutely brilliant, getting getting us getting the getting me involved in the photographic side. And I think we've got a, we've got a wonderful purpose built stadium. But with, with Highbury was never really built with photographers in mind, which is why we dug the pits at the North Bank where you said you used to work. Yeah. And at the clock end, the, the South End, there was there was limited uh, space because the there just wasn't when the when the if the fans sit down, they wouldn't be able to see over a photographer's head. So we weren't there weren't great working positions, but uh, they weren't they weren't the worst in the in the Premier League then. I I actually liked it. I mean, uh, the thing, a memory that always sort of stands out for me at, uh, at the old Highbury was uh, um, Thierry Henry. You know, whenever you get the ball, even at the halfway line, the, all the fans would stand up. You know what I mean? Everyone, just, <laughs> yeah. his, the anticipation of what he would do 
was, yeah. you know, that was enough to get the crowd off their feet, which I which I always used to love. <laughs> it, it it was great times because the last obviously the, the team was just absolutely incredible then, and it and it did feel like it did feel at that end that the 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 fans sort of sucking the ball into the net in a way, and and you if you talk to the if, if, I've talked to Thierry about he you know, he he hasn't been back to Highbury since we moved to Emirates. It's the building still standing. It's made into apartments, but he said he won't go back there because he he, he said he just it would upset him too much because he 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 just absolutely loved the place, and it, and it was it it was a fantastic it was a fantastic place, and I I still walk past there two or three times a week, but it it wasn't a modern it wasn't a modern football ground. We we just couldn't financially the club couldn't uh, survive with having a small stadium like that, but. It, my my best memories of of Arsenal will always be you know will always be from there. Yeah, I'm 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 a fan as well. I was a massive fan of going to that ground as well. You know, it was always a that traditional walk. You know, along the those houses and yeah, you know, the yeah. food and the, you know the stadium. That I, I I'll say that that uh, media room that you had though wasn't my favorite. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I apologize on behalf of Arsenal Football Club. I apologize. You made up for it. You made up for it with the Emirates uh, because even. Even that that room and um, even the the food and everything that they provide for the photographers is always uh, probably one of the best in the Premier League, best in, aim, the, in the UK, I'd say. We aim to please. You're doing well. You're doing well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now um, let's um, uh, I, I, again another question I'm asking everybody is your uh, a favourite photo of yours? What's your? Uh, do you have an image that sort of stands out in your mind as a picture that you think you know what I'm. Um, I was very happy with that picture, or very proud of that photo. Is it what? What picture would that be? It, it's it's not even a football picture, really. It, it's a it's a rugby picture, uh, and it and it sort, it sort of changed my changed my career, really. Uh, it's from the nineteen ninety nine Rugby World Cup uh, in Cardiff of uh, Welsh player Gary Jenkins being gouged by a Argentinian prop, which. Uh, I just sent it into Colour Sport. It got it got used quite a bit, and then Bob Martin, who used to work at, at Getty, phoned me. He was working for Sports Illustrated in the states. Bob Martin, being uh, he was an ex Getty yeah. sport photographer, and now he's a Sports Illustrated photographer, and he's sort of like a bit of the, I would say, one of the kings of uh, sports photography in uh, in recent uh, decades. Would you would you say that? Oh, definitely, that? definitely. So it must be quite a thrill, even just to get a phone call from Bob Martin saying, oh, "Yeah, it was, I want to use your picture, please." It was it was completely out of the blue. It was completely. Out. I was just sort of chugging along at, at Colour Sport, and he said, "I want to enter this into Time Life magazine as a sport, you know, as a sports action picture of the year." He said, "He said, I think you, you know, you think you could you could win something with it." And I said, "He he asked me if he if he could enter it, so it was no, I didn't have to do anything." I said, "Yeah, yeah, whatever, go ahead." And then I can't. I think he. I can't remember if he phoned me or someone from from the magazine phoned me and said, "Look, we, you've won this award. Would you like to? You know, we want you to come over to the, to, to New York and receive it." And uh, and I was absolutely. I couldn't believe it because I all, all the way I was just the average photographer. I didn't. I couldn't see myself doing anything other than you know I was just just plodding along. You know, half decent photographer, but never never. Was never win anything, so, and it, it gave me so much confidence. Then I wasn't particularly happy with where my career was going then, and it gave, it gave me a bit of confidence. And 
and improved my photography, I think, as well. And and that World Cup, I got I got some really good stuff, and I started thinking, you know, I, I could, you know, I, maybe I could move on and 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 better myself. So I started looking around for jobs. Uh, I didn't think I ever would, and and then the and then the Arsenal thing came up, and you know, if 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 Bob hadn't phoned me and entered my picture, I probably wouldn't have even considered the Arsenal thing. So I, did, I, I, mean, I was lacking in, in a bit of confidence then. But, you know, something like that, winning something or someone as, you know, as big as someone like Bob Martin saying, look, this is a great picture. It, it, yeah, I'm sure you, it, people have, when people have said it to you, you just think, well, you know, maybe I'm doing something right here. Well, I mean, if Bob, uh, if Bob says it's good, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I can't, and every time I, I, I couldn't, I, you know, I can't thank him enough for that because it, it did change my, uh, it did, it, you know. It, it just, it just made me think. You know, I'm actually quite good at this, even though some people would say I'm not. I must admit that, yeah. Bob, Bob Martin's one of the photographers that I, uh, that I was very inspired by. You know, I didn't real, I didn't know Bob until I moved to the UK, and then when I looked at his stuff, it was, yeah, a phenomenal photographer who's yeah. done everything in the, everything that needs to be done in the world of sports photography. He's done it, sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, now we, we mentioned it briefly, but what, um, what equipment, what kit do you use? This is a, a, a favorite section for all, uh, gear geeks. Uh, <laughs> what, what, what equipment are you using? What lenses do you have? You mentioned you've got five bodies. Is that you for five bodies and David's got five bodies or are you sort of between you all or how, 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 what's the, what's the deal there? He's got, I think he's got five as well. We've got five each. Uh, Jesus! No ten, four. No, he's, no, he's got four. I've got okay. three. I've got three Nikon. We were both on Nikon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got three D three S's, uh, a D four, and a D seven hundred. And David's got two D three S's, a D four, and a D seven hundred. Okay. Uh, I, I'm not a fan of the D four. I'm afraid. No, it's uh, it seems to be getting a few negative reviews over the last year or so. A bit yeah, longer, actually. The D threes are just, I think they're just brilliant cameras. I've yeah. tried, I've tried so many others, and people look. At, I was in the photographer's room last night at Tottenham because we played Spurs last night and won, thankfully. And <laughs> and uh, one of the other photographers said to me, "God, you're not on D fours," and I said, well, "I've tried them, and I just don't like them." So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll hang on to these to D threes. They're they're. They're getting on a bit, but they still do, they still do the job. That's, that's a that's a nice little tip for everybody. You, know? you don't have to have the latest and greatest to be have get amazing pictures either. No, not at all. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw the result there last night. Apparently, the Flamini goal was quite a, was Unex- a nice one. Apparently, I, I would say unexpected and unexpected. If you give him a hundred goes at that, he he will never do it again. <laughs> and I'm sure I'm sure he wouldn't be too angry with me for saying that either. No, well, he's not. He's not known for his uh, goal scoring. So when I saw his name twice on the score sheet, I was like, "Oh wow!" He, even he must have been surprised by that one. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and um, what lenses are you using for the match? You, you know, you you uh, on the four hundred, five hundred mil, or four hundred, four hundred, two point eight, like most other people do, and then various short lenses. I've got a one three five f two and a eighty to two hundred. So generally, the the zoom, and then. Just maybe a, a, a short, a wide angle by my side in, in case something happens right on top of me. But I think that's sort of standard with most football photographers that work with three cameras 
around them and then uh, maybe a remote behind the goal as well on a, on a wide angle. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, you, you, you're definitely right there. I mean, the remote sort of behind the goal, not everyone does that, but the, even the wide angle, it's again, I do it sometimes and sometimes I don't because it's you don't use it very often, do you? Yeah, it, and, and really sometimes you're sitting there and it's starting to rain and you think, shall I get it out? Shall I get it out or risk it getting soaked? So I don't. So I don't bother. <laughs> so, um, what would be one of your photography highlights? Then, uh, as uh, um, I know, you've obviously talked Time Magazine. That's not a bad one to have. But uh, what about your highlights at at Arsenal? You know, you, you had the um, was it two thousand and four, the Invincibles, the, yeah. the season. It it's uh, because it's not done on pictures. It's 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 done on experiences. And I remember in 2004, we, the, t- the team went the whole season unbeaten, which has never never happened in uh, in English football. And the, we and we won the league. And when when English teams win a win the championship, they generally have a, a sort of parade around the town. And ours used to be from uh, from the stadium, from the old stadium down to the town hall. There'd be a civic reception and then and a bus ride back. And I just I remember on on that on that day, I think we had about about three hundred and fifty thousand people came out to watch. Just being on the bus with the players, we came came up the top of the hill out out of the stadium, and I looked around, and it's the first time I'd really really looked around. And I thought, wow, really, this is this is just amazing. And I thought, if this never happens again, I need to just I need to try and soak this uh, soak this up. And to actually be a part of it was to be just something something that I'll never forget. And uh, and then we didn't have another one for another nine year, nine years afterwards. <laughs> so so probably that. But also just for me as a football lover, going at that time, going to training sessions and photograph Patrick Vieira, Dennis Bergkamp, Thierry Henry, Robert Perez, you know, playing football. Sometimes in the training session, you think take a bloody picture because. I'm just watching these guys and thinking, how do they? They're just absolutely incredible footballers. Yeah. So uh, and yeah, and I was in awe of them, and they know it as well. But <laughs> I, but uh, I'm not in awe of them anymore. I've I've, I've grown up a little bit now. <laughs> You're not so much of a fan as a as a professional photographer now. Yeah, but then but, but Dennis Bergkamp is probably my favourite my favourite ever player, and we've we've got uh, four statues around the stadium. Uh, of four of our biggest iconic figures, and I was lucky enough because of my photography, I was involved in all the uh, all the sort of final decisions on how they'd look. You know, I was working with the sculptors and stuff like that. So when we did one for Dennis Bergkamp, and he came over, and I loved Dennis. <laughs> yeah. I had I was shaking like a like a leaf, hoping that he would like the statue. And I hadn't seen Dennis for a couple of years, and he was just laughing at me because I was so nervous. And that's the last time I was—that's the last time I was nervous around, <laughs> around a footballer. <laughs> I actually shoot Dennis on a pretty regular basis. He's an assistant manager at Ajax, yeah, which yeah. is one of my home home grounds that I cover fairly regularly. <laughs> yeah, he's a, hes just one of the nicest guys I've ever met. Even even aside from being a footballer, just a lovely, lovely guy, lovely family. Just you know, just he, he he really changed our football club. He was a sort of catalyst for change. So I'm willing to come back. 
<laughs> and I, I, I don't know. I'm, he's qualified as, as a. Obviously, he's got his badges and everything like that. So I don't think it. Maybe he'd be involved in Arsenal very soon. Yeah. Well, if you can, if you can see him, next time you see him, just say, tell him we're still thinking of him. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um. Now, do you have? You've mentioned your favorite player. Was is there a favorite player you actually had photo? photographing a favourite player? Was there someone like you always thought, all right, he's on the pitch. Today I'm going to get pictures. What, a favourite player too? Photograph. Like you said, you know, obviously you've mentioned Thierry as a, as a person and, you know, Dennis as a person. But um, as, as a photographer, um, you know, shooting these superstars, is there someone, is there, is there a player who you always seem to make great pictures for you? Well, Thierry was so easy to shoot because... Yeah. He's not one of these players who runs with his tongue hanging out like you know, like a Jack Wilshire. Thierry always looked, always looked so elegant when he played. Ran with his head up, and it's got so many good good pictures of him. You know, so many really good pictures of him now, and uh, and and modern day probably Alexis Sanchez because he's he's a he's a very dynamic player. Yeah, you know, really, just gets in and around the pitch everywhere. Always produces good pictures and a real, a real character as well. Uh, yeah, probably with yeah, he's he's probably the modern, the easiest player, to, the best player to shoot modern day. Yeah, I, I remember. Uh, I wasn't shooting Thierry Henry back then, but yeah, I remember editing and you know Thierry just always, um, like you said, head up and also taking on players. He was constantly yeah. trying to beat the player in front of him, which. Obviously, makes great pitches if you've got a player lunging for a dive and Thierry just yeah. skipping over the jump. And and any tra- any training and stuff is he's got some just some great facial expressions. You know, he's very he he's easy to read. You can tell when he's happy, and you can tell when he's not happy. He's one of those players. It's it's quite obvious with him in training. So great facial expressions always. He's a, he always seemed happy as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, football um, football's changed so much over the years. Um, has has the attitude from the players actually changed towards you uh, as a photographer at the club? You know, from when back then to now, what, what's the main difference? You'd say. Well, they they when I first, if I go back to the the nineties, if you ask a player to do something, they'd say no. Well, not well, more graphically than that. Uh, but but na- but nowadays they're so savvy they they obviously they know that they're contractually obliged to do stuff for their boot people and whatever you know but they they know that they have responsibilities for the football club uh very rarely do they say no and and also they they see the value of they see the value of i think photography has sort of died a little bit but now it's massively come back to life certainly through through social media so the, the, after every training session, if I'm sitting in reception at the training ground, players walk past. Don't forget to send me pictures. Don't forget, to, you know, don't forget this. Don't forget that. And so, constantly getting emails and texts off of the lads for stuff for their Facebook and their Twitter and their Instagram. So, so they like it now. Whereas back in the day, if you asked them to do, if you could take a picture, they'd just tell you to get stuffed. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for making it that uh, P. I can keep it PG now. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, our, our assistant manager, a guy called Steve Bold, who played back in the nineties, I was chatting to him, and we 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 often go talk about 
you know, me asking him when he was a player if he'd do if he could do this and do that for me and he, he chuckles away because obviously his attitude's changed now. He says the players need to do this. I say, but 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 Steve, you, you used to tell me to whatever when I asked you to do it back in the day. <laughs> so it's quite it's quite funny how it's all changed. Well um you know, I've I've enjoyed this uh, a lot and I've actually learnt quite a lot as well. I didn't uh I knew you were busy but I didn't realise how how uh, how much you cover actually at the ground at the game uh, at the club. Sorry, so um, uh, I think we should wrap it up there. Okay. Thank you very much um, for uh, your time. Uh, just before you go, though, what's what's on the agenda today? What's the plan? Is a. I've got. I'm just at home at the moment because I didn't finish work till half two this morning. So I've just got some office bits to tie up because. I'm not in the office now for the rest of the week or next week, and then I go on holiday to Mexico the following Monday for 10 days. Oh. So I've just got bits and pieces to tie up, so I don't have a, I don't have loads to do when I get back. So, What yeah. happens when you go away on a holiday, though? Is it, does David do everything himself, or is uh, yeah, someone well, helping out? Well, the players are away in international duty, so there's no, ah. so there's no first-team games. So my summer holiday is always in October always at this time in October. And then David will just cover what else is happening at the club. So if there's no first team games, then, uh, then it's fine. I wouldn't, I, I, I wouldn't miss a first team game, not even for a holiday. <laughs> Your personal life though, um, it revolves around the, the football season though, doesn't it? Yeah, it has to, it has to. Uh, and like, if, like most people at the football club, you don't, you you're, you don't have years, you have seasons, you know, <laughs> and but that's that's just the nature of it. And I've been in it so long that I, if someone we have matches on Boxing Day, if someone said to me you get a day off on Boxing Day, I wouldn't know what to do with myself. <laughs> so uh, it, yeah, it's a great it's a great industry to work in, and it, you know, it's it's. Uh, I'm glad I'm glad I I'm glad Arsenal offered me the job. Well, I, I know that I said I want to wrap it up, but I have to ask before I go. The the thing I actually wanted to ask was uh, you. You obviously cover the um, the end of season or you know pre season trips as well. I mean, you that's changed quite a lot as well over the last few years. You know, you're going further and further afield. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we, we used to we did nine years in a place called Badwaterstorf in Austria at a training camp, ranging from seven to twenty days, a, a real old fashioned hotel, just and the double sessions every day. And then, the, and now we go to we had to Singapore during the summer. A lot of commercial activity. We've done China, Vietnam. You know, it's a massive change from our little two weeks in the sun in Austria. But it, it, you know, it's for our commercial partners, and the players understand it, and the, the manager knows that's just part of football now. Yeah, uh, yeah. That that was a, a question I forgot to ask. Sorry about that. But yeah, okay, cool. Thank you very much, Stuart, and. Um... I appreciate your time and uh, I'll let you get back to it and uh, I will speak to you very soon. Great. Thanks a lot, Dean. Bye. Thanks. Stuart, I'm sure that I speak for all photographers listening when I say thanks for sharing your history and information about your fascinating job. I love the range of pictures you mentioned in our talk. From building damage from a reversing truck to being on the victory parade with the Arsenal team. 
That's a broad spectrum of images, but I know you, the listener, will also see with the links that I attach that Stuart is a phenomenal photographer and rightly deserves the honour of working with one of the biggest football clubs in the world. Thank you again, Stuart, for sharing your story with me. Fellow sports photographers, you must have a look at the links that I attach on the show notes. There's Stuart underscore photo AFC on Twitter, and it's the same name, Stuart underscore photo AFC on Flickr. And on Flickr, he does put quite a lot of images um, from matches and behind the scenes. And if you have some time, you should have a look at those pictures because I was very impressed by the uh, range of photography that he has done for the, for the club. Um, there's also a link to his Time magazine first place that he mentions, and it's quite a brutal rugby image with player's finger right in the socket of another player. I challenge you to not look at that picture and think, ouch, that's got to hurt. There's obviously Arsenal.com, which will have both his and his colleagues, David Price's photos. So um, now, you, photography philosophy listeners, um, I hope you can take some ideas and inspiration from these discussions. My mission to share stories and knowledge from men and women who make these beautiful and relevant sports photos is starting to take shape. So thank you very much for your emails and kind words from some of the listeners. Um, if anyone else who hasn't been in contact yet, or even if you have, please um, contact me again via my Twitter handle, at AllSportsSnapper, or my website, AllSportsSnapper.com. Uh, my name is Dean. Thank you very much for your time. And last thing, observe, listen, and practice, because your best photo could be one frame away. Mm-hmm.